So hey guys, this is Jarrett Dufresne with Firestarters Ministry. I'd like to welcome you to the second episode of our Firestarters podcast, available now on CastBox and soon to be iTunes. Um, it's also available through YouTube and on our website at wearefirestarters.com. So we're, we're super stoked to be with you today. Um, if we got Caleb Dufresne here, and, and yes, we are kind of related, we figured out, but um, we're... Uh, we're two do friends um, stuck in a box here in the Zalmas, Louisiana, and uh, yeah, it's a little warm in here, but um, it is a it's a nice little recording studio. We've kind of makeshift together here um, on mid June here in uh, South Louisiana, and uh, we just want to come on today and to share with you guys some things that are on our heart, and um, we uh, we just have a passion for uh, for reaching reaching men, and um, you know me and Caleb talk so often on the phone. Um, and we always said, man, what a, what a cool thing it would be if we had a chance to actually record this stuff. And we tried a few times uh, just doing it remotely and just wasn't working out. So I'm down here visiting in Louisiana, and um, Caleb, Caleb lives down here. And uh, we like to take this this time here, if you, you know, next 30 minutes to an hour, whatever it ends up being, to just kind of share our hearts with you guys. And you'll hear some conversation here. And we're kind of just, we're kind of just going and seeing, um, you know, where it takes us. And so we're glad you're with us here tonight. So... Anyway, with that said, Caleb, I'd like to uh, introduce you, man. And uh, Caleb, he, he actually, he has a company called Eden LLC. He does, um, well, started off as lawn care, but now he's, he's got the second most dangerous job in the world, um, cutting down six, what is it, six-ton trees? Or <laughs> I'll lose track. Some big ones. Some big ones. <laughs> but um, he, he cuts trees down for a living, and um, he's the guy you see hanging from the tallest branch, chopping those down. <laughs> Um, myself, I am. Um, I own a company called JD Renovations, um, based right right now, at least at the moment, in Augusta, Georgia. Um, it's a home remodeling company. We do a lot of interior remodeling, fencing, decking, etc. Also, have a company I run called MBT or Millennium Business Technologies. Um, we also do we do computer support for for customers, um, Exchange, email support, and and Wi-Fi. And I and I say all that not just so you know you guys would hire us as, as, you know, your handyman. Of course, we love you too. But um, I say all that because those two things for me and Caleb were both journeys. And me and Caleb, man, we've been friends now. I don't even know how long it's been since you were a skateboard, hair, you know, punk back in the day. <laughs> <laughs> and I was just starting off, you know, as, as a minister here in this very same church, actually, we're in today. But we, we've gone through different paths, and we've been through a lot together. You know, they, they called us lightning and thunder at one time. Six. <laughs> 17 years 17 years it's crazy yeah 17 years yeah and so i i went to, i went to college i got a degree and i, I kind of entered the workforce right away uh, i worked for a, a firm here in metairie louisiana uh, doing some computer support for jefferson parish government and it was great and all you know and i was kind of advancing in the company but um yeah i went through some stuff and, and ended up um, on my own and um i really i really always had a passion to, to kind of just to explore and to entrepreneur, as they say. And so I started my computer company did that for a while, and Hurricane Katrina kind of affected that a little bit. And eventually now I run a remodeling company, first and foremost, and then the computer company to support the fam and support the ministry. And so one of the things I want to talk about today with Caleb here, because we talk about this so much, and we actually wanted to talk more about it at our last retreat we, we did, which you guys that, that know about us, we do those in the mountains up there in Tennessee or Georgia um, two or three times a year which we were actually hoping to increase that number um, and expand more to eventually one day have our own retreat center, hopefully hopefully one day real soon. Soon. 
And so, Caleb, if you can kind of just maybe walk us through that journey from, you know, in your career from where you were to where you are now. The long version or the short version? <laughs> <laughs> well, we got all night because I got an edit button on this thing. So, you walk and do what you want. Uh, so, basically for me, um, I grew up, my, my dad actually worked for himself most of his life. Um, and, I, well, most of my childhood coming up, um, he had several jobs before I was around. But um, for me, I kind of experienced the, the lifestyle of, you know, someone being self-employed and having that free time and being able to spend time and uh, family and such. And so I saw that at a young age, and it was always an attraction for me. But then as I got older <coughs> and started talking about marriage and stuff, you know, the the society – the picture that society has to get a good job and do what you're supposed to do and have insurance and have security definitely was a huge thing for me. And so that's what I did. Um, the year I got engaged, I got a job at a, at a steel mill. It was the, I was a brick mason. Um, I worked on the refractory team, bricking ladles and furnaces, which was literally like hell. <laughs> um, I mean, it was it was pretty much the worst job I've ever had. Um, super, super strenuous, back-breaking, hot. I mean, it was just <laughs> terrible. Yeah, steel mill, you can imagine. So I went from there, um, progressed, did learn more, like the mechanical side of things in that job. Never had a mechanical position. Um, was always looking for something, mainly because I wanted more money. Um, I got another job working for a, a bigger company as an assistant supervisor on the, in the mechanical department and uh, making really good money, making really good money. Um, definitely most people my age would have stayed put, but there was always that desire in the back of my heart to, I always wanted to live for what I felt like God was calling me to do, not just to sustain a household. And I was okay with, I had seen from my parents what it was like to, trust in God to pay the bills or trust in God for provision. Um, and so for me, there was always this sense of, obviously there was this nervousness there. There was fear. I worked in the plants for seven years, trying to basically dreaming about being on my own, um, whatever that looked like, to be able to have that free time for my family. And also ministry, that was the biggest goal, is to be able to build something that I can do spend more of my time doing what I really want to be doing and not just living to pay bills. I didn't want to be an old man that finally had money. You know, I wanted. So there was always the attraction there. I would literally go to work every day, like, miserable. Like, felt like I was in a prison. Like, mm -hmm. it didn't matter. There was money there. We did whatever we wanted. Um, but I was just miserable. I knew that's not what God had for me. So mm -hmm. um, long story short, some time had gone by. Uh, worked different jobs, worked as a sales rep for a plant, did some pretty cool stuff. Um, and finally, I was actually sitting in a revival service in Carolina, and I felt the Lord speak to me and say, you know, it's time. It's time to basically the, what I heard was take the risk, you know, go for it, basically. And uh, I did. I started out um, immediately cutting grass. It was a simple, easy business for me to get into. I already had most of the equipment because I sort of did that before I went to work in the plant. I started like that, built up clients pretty quickly, really in a short period of time, really within a year I was making decent money, started studying. I knew my end goal was not to cut grass. I had done that before. I knew it was easy for me to start off and do that. It was kind of an, an easy, 
outlet for me to just get out of the plant. But my end goal was there was always an interest in tree work as an arborist. So I started studying, took my test with the state, passed my test and became an arborist. And then I, I, within, I guess, four or five months of me getting my license, I sold all of my yards um, and started full-time tree work. So we're going on six months now. That journey was kind of over a course of a few years. We're going on six months now of um, basically strictly running a tree service company. And God's provided, man. Being such so early on into the process of this, we've had work every week. I have one guy working with me full time. He loves the Lord, shares the vision, and things are growing. And uh, we're quickly heading towards um, hopefully within the next year, maybe this year, maybe next year, my wife being able to come home and be full time with the kids. Um, still got a lot to learn. Still a big journey, but more fulfilling than ever, man. I wouldn't, I wouldn't trade. And we talk about this all the time. I wouldn't trade my worst day. You know, I wouldn't trade the weeks of not having work any at any point to go back and work 80, 90 hours and just, you know, we, you know, we we talk about a lot of times the men get this thing, you know, where you have to provide for the family, and I wholeheartedly believe that. That's what was taught to me. But I don't believe we have to suffer to do that. I believe if we had a dream and a passion, God gives us the desires of our heart. And I believe that if we're willing, I think most of us have a calling, even even if we're in a plant. If that's where God has you, then so be it. You make the best of it. But for me personally, it was not. I knew clearly that it, it was an opportunity. The doors that were open were opportunities for me to you know, get some income early on in my marriage and then support my family and then work to where ultimately where I am now and, and to be able to progress to constantly do more and more things in ministry. Um, and there's some other things I have on that as far as I feel like as believers, we're we're not as involved in the business world as we should be. I think more of us should be, you know, ministry's not just behind a pulpit, obviously. Um, I think more of us should be the ones being employers, I think more of us should be the example of what it likes, what it's like to be a businessman with integrity or whatever that may be. I'm going to continue to grow as God leads me. But my biggest goal with the business was to be get it to where it's self-sustaining as possible, to where I can focus on ministry 100% without finance being an issue. Mm-hmm. Um, and my fam- my wife being home with my kids is a huge thing for me. That's how I grew up. My mom was around. She cooked. She cleaned. She taught us school. She taught us the word. And that's what I desire for my kids. So more than anything, it was the time. And there are days where we work late. You know this, working for yourself. There are days where you wish, like, man, it would be nice to clock out right now. And sometimes not possible. But um, Call in sick. Yeah, but, like, you know, during the week, you get days. We get days that are free, and I can hang out with the kids. You know, just the other day, I picked up the kids early from school and daycare and went home and played in the pool with them. So things like that I just couldn't do. So ultimately, we make our schedule. Um, but that was kind of my journey with, as far as work goes, the ultimate goal is to be doing ministry as often as (laughs) as possible Mm -hmm. and to be able to do that from anywhere. Um, that was cool about the the career that I'm in now is that realistically I can do it anywhere. So I can pick up now and, you know, start anywhere. So anyway, that's kind of the short version of how I ended up Mm -hmm. where I am now and the purpose behind it. Yeah. And I think, you know, one thing that we've talked about a lot about, is just like, you know, for me, like for even recently, I um, I went and got a full time job so that, you know, I could appease the banks and, um, you know, prove that I had 
sustainable income, which is kind of to me a little bit of a farce because like, I think if you can prove you can pay your bills, that should be more important than your income. But they don't right. take that into effect at all. No. Can somebody please change that? Right. Just listening out there, <laughs> right. because I'm self-employed now again. I run the two businesses like I mentioned. But just a few years ago, I, I worked full time, a um, just a regular W two job for a computer um, company based um, near Atlanta, and um, you know of course we were able to get to home um, in where we currently live in Georgia, and um, man. You know, Caleb, he, prison, right? You you feel like no matter what, I mean, and we had everything. We had all the money we needed. We're paying our bills. You know, we're, we're good. I mean, we're a good place financially. But, um, man, I tell you, it, it was, I, I was a slave, man. And um, just so, and look, here's the thing. All of us are on different journeys, man. Tell me, you ha you know, God had you, like Caleb said, maybe it's, it's in a plant around here in Louisiana. A lot of people work in plants. Um, you know, there's obviously there's employees throughout the world and where you are. Um, a lot of you guys listening out there, you know, are, are obviously employed. Probably the majority of you are, are employed by someone. Um, and, and man, hey, if, if you're there and you're this is it, and you're you're thriving, and you know God has you, and and, and then, then awesome, and that's great. But if you're miserable, <laughs> right? I mean, think about how much time we, we we spend working in our life. And so if you're going to work every single day and you're miserable, there there's something else there, you know. And and look, sometimes it's not always changing what you're doing, but it's it's about changing why you're doing it. So sometimes that's part of the issue, right? Because if what you're doing is just to pay the bills, is just to feed the family, all important things, right? Then if that's all it becomes, though, and, and, and there's this great just, just strength inside of you that you long to, to give and use, and you don't have an outlet for that in your life and, and work becomes, you know, it, then you, you're, you're miserable. And I've been there. Caleb's been there. It's, it's a very difficult thing, especially for guys like us who are kind of more – you know, wild at heart, right? And and you know, we and we talk a lot about that in our, in our ministry. And and um, it's it's man, it, you just have a desire to go and take the chance. And the coolest thing, and that's what I kind of started off just now wanting to share. The coolest thing is when you do it, you get to have the story to tell about every single time God comes through for you. That's the coolest part, I find by far, about owning your own business, man. Those times when it was the eleventh hour. You know, in 59 minutes and 59 seconds, and you hit your knees, and God, the, the one who could do something about it actually came through and did it. Oh, for sure. That's the, that's <laughs> the thing. I'm not sitting here saying that <laughs> we smooth sailing by no means because yeah. that, that's the thing. It is the story. It is the journey. But it, it takes not everybody, like you said, not everybody's supposed to do it. It's by no means, uh, you know, saying that everybody needs to quit their job and yeah. go work for themselves because there are times where it comes in right when it needs to, yeah. you know, and, and God provides. But that's the thing. That's the part that amazes me. That's the part that yep. I live for. I don't, I don't, I, I did the, you know, I mean, I can, I can remember some point working shift and I was coming in from work and my wife was leaving to go to work. Mm -hmm. And it was like, this is not it. This is not it for me. And again, like you said, I'm not, some people, that's, you know, that's you. That's what you like. <laughs> you yeah. know, you have to be led. But you, I guess the biggest thing is not allowing fear to keep you there. And for me, it did for a while, for for years. Like mm -hmm. it wasn't like this just happened at the end, and I was like, oh, mm -hmm. yeah, okay, let's go for it. It was, man, from the beginning, from the moment I started, I was like, in my mind, I'm like psyching myself up, walking into the plant, going, all right, this is not it. This is just temporary. I'm I'm being <laughs> responsible, you know, like. But for seven years, just miserable, like, yeah. in fear. And that was the thing. Like, I felt the tug of the Holy Spirit to just say, yeah. you have to trust me. Like, if you want to get out of this, you have to trust me. And uh, so, you know, God's timing is perfect. I believe that. But um, mm -hmm. fear held me for a long time in that, in that spot of just that comfort. 
you yep. know, just having the comfort of the paycheck. Because like you said, the, the money was there. We didn't, you know, there are times, there have been times in the beginning of starting the business, you know, a few years ago where you got to check the bank account before you buy something, you know. When I was working, that wasn't even a thought. You, mm -hmm. I mean, you know, I'd go spend too much money most of the time <laughs> on things I shouldn't be. But, you know, there's that comfort there. There was no trust, though. That it, I didn't have to exercise any type of trust because, right. you know, I was working. I was, it, it wasn't even, I didn't even have to go there. I didn't even have yeah. to hit my knees in that sense. Not to say that, like, I was doing it all myself, but, like, it was provided. The, the job that I was doing, it was, I was making good money. My wife was making good money. So, mm -hmm. uh, man, now it's a different story. I have to trust. I have to go to him in a secret place. And, mm -hmm. uh, and that's a big thing, too, is, is you know, it may not necessarily even be j just with work. But where in your life are you leaving room for God to have to come through? That's huge. Because to me, that's walking by faith. Yeah. There needs to be an aspect of your life somewhere, and often in our careers. But, you know, it could be with a family. It could be with a, you know, a business venture. It could be, you know, just a ministry he's calling you to. Where in your life are you like, you know what, all I can do is pray. Because without his help, you know, I'm toast. You know, this is not going to happen. And that's what I, that's and be honest with you. When I say I was miserable working, certainly I wasn't miserable by the fact that I was making really, really good money. Sure, sure. that wasn't a problem. That's all of our dreams, right? To grow up, make lots of money. Right. So you know, I had all that going right. on, right? Right. The house on the hill and all that. What I I'm be honest with you. The thing I was most miserable about was how unadventurous it was. Yeah. No, there, there was sure. no there was no risk involved. It was a for guarantee. Sure. Every two sure. weeks, I was getting this dollar amount, almost almost the same dollar amount every for two sure. weeks. For sure, there's no there's you know what I'm saying. Yeah. And men like yeah. us, yeah. And my wife's like, "What's wrong?" She's like, "You're doing good." I'm like, "I hate this. I don't want to be doing good. <laughs> <laughs> I want to fail sometimes. I want there to be a chance that it won't work out." Yeah. And I, you know, even God Himself is like that sometimes, right? I mean, Romans eight, you know, he, all of creation was subjected to futility for by Him who subjected in, in hope. I think hope is such a key part of our lives as men, you know, and move it, man, I tell you, so that's, that's just absolutely huge. For you know? sure. And now it, 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 yeah, we can't, especially me and you, you know, again, yeah. we're, we're speaking from our perspective, but yeah. it's, you're right. It's like some, like, you know, just this week, man, like there's been weeks in the business where I'm booked out weeks in advance. Yeah. Uh, just this week, you know, coming into Monday, I've come into this place where like, I don't even think about the next week where I just try to be present. Like just this mm -hmm. morning, we woke up and Ryan and I were in the truck getting ready to do some bids, and we literally we were pulled over at the 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 bridge park, mm -hmm. and uh, I was like, man, let's pray for a minute. So we did. We just sat there in kind of silence and just listened to the Holy Spirit, and then we proceeded to go on. And the very next job we bid, the lady hired us on the spot, and then mm -hmm. we we bid another job, and so so we went from we started out this morning with nothing this week. Mm -hmm. And now we have three jobs. So yeah. it's like that adventure of knowing, like, I woke up this morning, yeah. <laughs> like, okay, I'm not sure what's going to happen this week, but okay with it. Like, getting yeah. to the place of, I'm, it's not in my hands. This is what, you know, yeah. when he told me to start my business, the biggest thing was, trust me and go for it. Mm -hmm. So uh, not always an easy thing. Sometimes it's just like those last minute come throughs and you're just mm -hmm. like, whew, you started to sweat a little bit. But mm -hmm. like you said, it was, it was, there was that, the not having the, the thing to trust. And it was also the thing like knowing that there was so much more, there was so much more adventure and passion to do things. And I felt like I was just, I mean, literally years were going by and I was miserable, like mm -hmm. dreading going to work, dreading doing, you know, and listen, listen, I know a lot of people are thinking, and I've been told this before when I talk to people above me, 
and, and mission and, and authority and stuff. And they would be like, you know, make the best of, and I did. I witnessed to a lot of people at work. I had an opportunity to speak and, and speak into a lot of you lost people's lives. And you take advantage of wherever you're at. Mm -hmm. I don't mean that in the sense of, you know, I went to work and did a poor job every day. I'm just saying in my heart, I knew that it wasn't, that wasn't the end. I knew that that couldn't be. Mm -hmm. I, I refused to settle for that because I knew at a young age that God had stuff for me, you know, stuff for my family, really. Like, mm -hmm. I, the things that I, the, the visions and dreams that I have for my kids to see, you know, to mm -hmm. to not just experience that comfort, you know. I, I want them to choose whatever route or career they want, you know, as they get older. But I definitely want them to be exposed to having to trust God for everything. And that that's how I was raised in a sense, you know, my, mm -hmm. my we had weeks where we didn't have anything, you know, it was feast of famine, like, you know, that's how it is when you first start in a business. Yeah. Um, but God always came through and that was an incredible thing for me. And in a lot of ways, what happened as in my teenage years shaped who I am today and it, it gave me the opportunity to have faith mm -hmm. because I saw it. I saw that faith exercise when I was growing up. So I had this, there was a fear. I think the biggest part of the fear for me was what other people were going to think. Mm -hmm. Because like I had, I knew, I knew in my heart what it took to trust and have faith mm -hmm. to do the task. But my biggest fear was, oh, well, what are other people going to think? Like, mm -hmm. are they going to think I'm being reckless or they, they, I'm just making a rash decision? Or mm -hmm. I think that was the biggest part of the fear. Looking back now, it wasn't so much, will I make it? Mm -hmm. Or will he come through? It was more, what do other people want me to do? Mm -hmm. You know? Yeah. So. Yeah, and I, you know, and, and I heard one of my favorite ministers lately. Um, he, was, he was talking about that, how there's that fear that we have um, of man. And he, and he talks about how it's, 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 it's basically like a worship. And so the thing that you're worshiping, you know, the thing that you're devoting most of your time and energy to, and if that's a fear of man, the things that will hold you back, those eventually become the things that you, you know, you're, you're in a sense you're worshiping. And so what happens is when you get into a bad situation, because your mind is so much focused in on that direction, that when those things come, you just, you don't really know how to handle it because God's not already the God of that situation in your life. Sure. And so, you know, of course the Bible says the fear of man produces a snare, right? It's, it's, a, it's a trap. It was a trap for you, a literal trap. You were trapped in a job you didn't want to be in. I know, I know pastors today who are still trapped in, and maybe a, a, a situation that they want their church to progress from, but they're still trapped there because of tradition. You know, maybe they feel led by the Spirit to move in a, in a, in a way, but they still feel like, you know, there, there's, a, there's some fear there, you know. What, what, what will they think, you know? Maybe it's a family thing. Maybe it's the, the denomination they're a part of, whatever, whatever it is. And there's, there's a fear there, but, but yet there's also a strong desire. And, and I know for us, man, one of our hearts, especially doing this, this podcast on the ministry, do, is to wake these men up out of that fear and tell them, take the chance, man. Take the risk, right? And, and that's just that's big. That's so huge. And it, but it's so hard, right, to get these men to do these things. It's so difficult. And we've, we've both dealt with guys to try to help them make that next step. And it's, it, they're, they're, but it, there's so much involved, especially when there's so much on the line. Maybe they're relying on, you know, the week-to-week the, the -week paycheck. Maybe it's, it's the, the benefits they're getting, the insurance they're getting, all these different things. And it's, it's, it's a scary thing to move beyond that. But, but we do it, and, and you mentioned that a second ago, we do it so much so, and it's definitely something I want to talk about today, is for your, your children, right, to see a, a man, you know, who's decided he's going to lead his family in a way their home is going to trust in, in, in him to provide all of their needs 
And oh my gosh, dude. And, and I mean, I, I try my best to do that. That's what I want to do. And I keep moving my life towards that direction. And I was so overjoyed. I think I told you the story already, but you know, maybe a year ago, um, we went fishing with, with my three oldest kids, my, you know, my, my little girl and the next two, two boys. And we went fishing. And um, we were on this wharf kind of way out over, over the water. And it was way off of the water, probably a good 10 feet, you know, up in the air. Um, nowhere to get, no way to get in the water or anything like that if we lost anything. And, and um, sure enough, uh, one of my sons was, was fishing, and he accidentally threw the rod. You know, he's five years old, right? So he threw the rod trying to cast it, and the whole rod came out of his hands. Brand new rod. We had just bought it, like the day before. And uh, we, we slowly watched this rod sink to the bottom of the, of the, of the little, you know, lake we were in. Um, no way to rescue it. The water got murky. I tried hooking it with my, uh, my other, you know, rod as, as much as I can. I could not get it on. And um, we slowly watched it sink. And with it all there, like, you know, dreams and, and, and hopes, you know, about what that day was going to be about sank into the, into the, into the murky abyss. And, um, and so I tried for probably 10 minutes to rescue, you know, just keep hooking it, hooking it, hooking it. I even caught it a couple of times and it kept coming off. And I was about to give up. And um, finally, my, the, I think it was the same son who, who lost it, I believe. Um, he says, you know what, Daddy? He said, maybe we should pray. I'm like, yeah, well, maybe we should pray. I was like, you know, what a great idea. And so, um, so we did. And he actually led the prayer. That was huge. My five-year-old son, you know, I said, well, buddy, how about you, you pray? He said, okay. So he actually prayed. And, um, you know, he said, okay, Daddy. He said, try it again, right? So I love this. I love this about God because God loves for us to put him right there in that moment where he says, you know what? Okay, sure. This is what you need. This is what you want. I love to come through for you. I love it. And in that moment, I'm telling you, my son prayed. I, I released that line back in the water, very first try. And I felt, I felt it hit the rod again like it had a couple of times before. But this time the weight felt different. And when I, when I reeled in, I realized I didn't have the pole, but I had something. And when, I, and when the hook, my hook got to the top of the water, I realized I had hooked the fishing line of that rod and reel. And when and I started reeling in immediately, the rod started surfacing. And we grabbed the rod all the way up to the top. My little son, all my, my, my two sons and my daughter exclaimed, Jesus gave us our fishing pole back. <laughs> And, and, and really believe that until, until and today. It's been a year at least until and, and, and still till this day. They reference that moment. Remember, remember when God gave us back our fishing line? Yeah. And, and, and that's that childlike faith, right? And that's what we get to experience through our jobs, you know, every day. It's that childlike faith. I can't wait to see what he's going to do for me today. I, it's so awesome to know that, you know, there's, a, there's, such, a, there's such an opportunity for God. I pray every day, God, give me something cool today. Right, and you get to have that cool stuff with God when you begin to trust in Him and walk in faith. Yes, it's, it's scary and there's risk involved, but it's also you know amazing. Yeah, I mean, for sure, man. I, I can remember <clears throat> early on someone said, you know, you you can't afford, your kids can't afford you to, you know, not have, you know, a steady income or insurance mm -hmm. or whatever it may be. Yeah. And I said, you know, for, but from my perspective, I felt so strongly about it. I felt like they can't afford me not to do this, you know, like because of those moments, you know, mm -hmm. like one of the things I've learned to really cherish in the morning is, um, you know, my wife, she leaves earlier for work and I take the kids to, to the babysitter and I take them to school and it's, it's become like my favorite part of the day, mm -hmm. you know, talking to my little girl in the backyard and, you know, my son, he's only nine months, but so he isn't saying much now, but she's, she's, will talk your head off so um just having that experience man when i was working shift work i was gone before they woke up before she woke up and when i was coming in you know sh her mom was 
sometimes I was leaving to go to work and her mom was coming in from work and I'd see him for a minute. You know, it was just, mm -hmm. it was just, it wasn't what I knew in my heart we should be doing. And, and like you said, those moments that come through, like mm -hmm. your kids being able to experience that. If you were working some 80 hour a week job, you know, you may not have never had that moment. Um, so again, this is not some plug for telling everybody to be self-employed, but um, I guess the biggest thing is if you do feel that pull, you have to trust, you know, you have to go for it. And because if God's calling you in that direction, then that's, that's the best move for you. You know, that's, that's what he has planned and that's, it, it's going to work out. And having those opportunities to trust and see, like I said earlier, watching my parents trust mm -hmm. and God provide, that shaped who I was, mm -hmm. shaped who I am. So, um, I believe that wholeheartedly. Those moments like that, you know. Yeah, <laughs> I know. I, I think about, you know, because this is kind of one of the scriptures, one of the clobber scriptures you kind of get hit with, you know. Um, you know, man doesn't work, he doesn't eat, you know, or a man who doesn't work is, is, is worse than a heathen, basically, because he's not providing for his family. And, you know, and, and, and that's true. And so, yes, we, you know, look, being self-employed, it's, it's, you usually work more than you yeah. do. I mean, because, like you said, like we talked about the other day, Guess what? There's no sick days. If you got a job to do, you got, I, mean, I had a sinus infection two weeks ago, and it was 102 degrees, and I had to show up to work every yeah. single day. Yeah. Otherwise, I wouldn't be here with you today because we were coming on, you know, here to spend some time away um, for the summer. And, um, you know, there's, there's, there's no, you know, if, if something goes bad, it's, it's on you. For sure. You know, so there's, there's, a lot, there's a lot that's involved with that. But those to me, Caleb, are all opportunities. You know, opportunities to show your, your workers. You know what? This dude is he's he, he he's in it, man. He's showing up regardless of what's going on in his life. He's showing up. He's busting butt, you know, and, 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 and uh, influencing, you know, these young men who work for us, you know, to 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 begin to develop these types of, of, of habits in their life and these types of just mentalities about what life is not. You know, it, it's not all, you know, sugar donuts and, you know, popcorn, dude. No, for sure. and, and, you know, you it, this is real. And look, if, if it all went dark, you know, tomorrow and, you know, could you could you provide? Could you? You know, could you live off the land if you needed to? Do you, do you believe you have what it takes? And that's another big thing that, you know, when you begin to take these chances in your life, um, in the physical realm, right, those things carry over into the spiritual realm and, and it begins to change your mentality. So when that happens, you're not, just, you're not just preparing yourself for a situation where you may not have work for a few weeks. You may be preparing yourself for a situation where, you know, what if you, you didn't have access to food for a few weeks? And I, I've been through that myself. Maybe you with Katrina. I was stuck here. It, it was just me and my, I wasn't married then, but I was stuck here for two weeks, two and a half weeks with, with, with no food, right? There was no, FEMA hadn't showed up yet. We, we didn't have anything really. There was no electricity. The only food we really had was what was left in our freezer. And so all the stuff that I had, you know, from, from hunting and fishing, I had collected, I, 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 I grilled that every single day. And that's what kept us alive for two weeks until FEMA showed up with the MREs. And we had no gas to leave town, so we were stuck here. We had nowhere to go. Um, for I think it was two and a half weeks, I believe. And so, you know, I, I, anyway, most of us probably won't ever experience that. But, but the bottom line is that, you know, are, are you ready? Are you ready for whatever the world? Because for me, men are going to have to compromise more and more in today's world, right? Their integrity, their beliefs, their honor to, to maintain, you know, Brandon, you know, one of the guys that came to last retreat, um, CJ's brother, Brandon Nelson said, um, there was a man he works with that said something that really disturbed him. And he said, um, you know, if it came down to me, you know, and he was referencing Revelations, we're talking about taking the mark, right? If it came down to me having to take the mark, 
you know, or, or, you know, not being able to feed my family. He said, I, I would take the mark because I know that I'm supposed to be feeding my family. And, and, and while I understand that mentality, right, that's, it's, it's, not, it's not right. I mean, you know, you don't compromise something because is that trust, right? Is that faith? You, it, it, God, God is a, if you just hang on, I, I got you covered. I will give you what you need. Do you trust me? Do you believe in me? You don't go dine with the enemy, right, to feed your family. Sure. If you trust in the Lord, you develop, and we talked about today about, you know, developing a mentality. Uh, it's like you're programming your, your thoughts pattern to trust the Lord in those times of desperate need. You're not going to compromise anything. Right. If they tell you, here, sign this dotted line, and you lose your job if you don't believe in this, this, and this, and you, and you say, okay, I'll do it, and you justify it by saying, well, I'm supposed to just provide for my family, right? A lot of men hide behind that. And that's what I was getting to a while ago. They hide behind the, well, you know, if, if a you know, man doesn't work, he doesn't eat, you know, you're a heathen if you're not. So they hide behind those things and justify their, their nine to five jobs as their job. I'm putting food on the table. I'm doing my part, right? And that's it. And yet they're the most absent and, and, and passive-minded men when it comes to the spiritual, the, the main thing, the main thing, right, in their life to lead their family into Christ. Right to lead them to make sure their wives and their children are alive in Christ. They're growing their relationship and their knowledge of Jesus. They're learning to trust Jesus. The number one thing men are supposed to be doing, right? They're, they're hiding behind something else to keep from them having to do it. And it's and it's so it's so scandalous by our enemy to 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 you know to, to these men over and over again are being emasculated. They're buying into this this mentality of you know it's, it's just about work. And and again, man. Thank God for all the hard work and fathers and dads. You're, you know, you're seeing that compromise not only in the world, but even in the church, even when it comes to we've compromised that, not just in that. We see that in our churches today. We see that in our the religious systems. Um, mm -hmm. we, we compromise truth. Truth is, is truth. It's not changing. The word is the same yesterday, today, tomorrow. That fight, that passion, that desire to lead, just a little sometimes i'm just like man where's your scrap you know like you, you talk to certain even in spiritual things especially in spiritual things where people are leaving their families or their kids like mm -hmm. where where's that umph you know where's the passion where's and, and it's all just being sucked out man it's like and yeah it it's it's sad dude and we we have to i think that's the whole thing you know with fire starters is being able to say hey look dude it's okay to get some uh, righteous indignation and mm -hmm. go after it, you know, whether it be spiritual or could do things for your family, but compromise yeah. is never an option. It's mm -hmm. never an option. The truth is the truth, and it, it remains to be that way. You know, churches do it now for the sake of growth in numbers. Mm -hmm. They compromise. I mean, of course people are going to flood your church if you're giving them exactly what they want to hear every single mm -hmm. day, every single morning, every single weekend, and uh, not letting the Holy Spirit move. That, that, you know, we talked about this earlier. It's just a reflection of what do you think that person's devotional life looks like? You mm -hmm. know, if, if they're coming together and worshiping corporately in a body and it has to be condensed in 30 minutes because we have to hurry up and be somewhere. Um, man, I, you know, I've heard people tell us all the time. People tell us before, like, you guys worship too long in your church, you know. <laughs> you guys go like over an hour sometimes too. I'm like, man, you guys need to read Revelation 4. You know, the four living creatures and the, the 24 elders as day and night, they cry holy, mm -hmm. like in awe of who he is. Like, mm -hmm. at what point have we lost that perspective? You know, like mm -hmm. we're we're so it's the fear of man thing. Right. It's just like mm -hmm. we were talking about earlier. You know, we 
we want pe- we're so desperate for people to come back, right? We're so desperate for people to attend our church so we can call it success. But I mean, the greatest leader to ever walk the earth had 12 guys. That's right. So we, we got to bring some perspective here. Is it really about that or is it about the genuine hearts? Yeah. Is it about sacrificing the time during the week to pour into people, to really disciple? Because listen, I'm all for, you know, Holy Spirit can move in any setting. I believe that wholeheartedly. Mm-hmm. Um, I've been in street ministry in in the most wild situations and watch the Holy Spirit show up and you look yeah. you look around and it's just darkness. And, and and God shows up because he loves a son or a daughter and he he shows up for them. Yeah. Um but man, it's like we lost it, man. The ma- the majority of our churches today, it's it's microwave stuff, bro. And and we can give ourselves to events and and, op- and opportunities to serve at the church or whatever you want to call it. Mm-hmm. But what are we doing every day? What are we doing with the guys we work with? What are we doing with our family, man, our kids? What are, how are we teaching them about living a life of secret? You know, the Bible talks so much about, you know, in Matthew, he talks about not letting <coughs> one hand know what the other hand is doing. Like, are we living that life? Are we living that? Mm-hmm. You know, j- Jesus was a, a pretty scandalous character, man. If you if you read this, you read through the Gospels. Uh, one of the things I love to point out is that he never did the same thing twice, ever. I mean, he healed, he healed eyes, he healed blind eyes. He did a lot of the same healings and miracles, but he never performed them the same way. And I always thought that was interesting and to think about, like maybe he knew. Well, not maybe. I'm sure he did know. He created us, right? He created us after his image. We, as people, we try to format and make everything into some system that we can sell. And we've done that in the church, right? Mm-hmm. We have a plan. We have an idea. If as long as you do it this way, you're pack, you're tr- you can pack your church out. But we look at the person that we're supposed to be following or representing. We look at his short life on earth, right? His short life in ministry. He never did anything the same way. And he did the most... Half the time he was getting himself in trouble. Am I saying to go pick a fight? No, but he didn't. It wasn't this cookie cutter. Mm -hmm. It was radical. It was in your face. It was truth, and it was zero compromise. Mm -hmm. And that's the thing, man. If if he's the example, like, and listen, that to think about reflecting Christ in that way, it Mm -hmm. it's a scary thought for you because you're like, man, if I have to be a hundred percent truthful even in a sense because sometimes in the world you get put in a situation and people will say hey what do you think about this mm-hmm. and you're just like man i already know this is going to open a can of worms you know like i already know where this is heading if i if i say what i really believe about this mm-hmm. then it's going to be it you know but man that's what god called us to be not mm-hmm. not hide under a rock but if if christ was the example we have to re-examine our life and say man am i am i doing my best to reflect him genuinely because yes. most of us not so much even myself at times yeah. big time i'm not even close to there yet and, and by no means am i saying that but yeah. that example christ if he's genuinely example i i challenge you go really look at his life don't look at it in a way to try to make it fit today's society but look at how bold and and relentless he was for truth and no compromise and that fascinates me to to see the life of christ and say that this dude was not a yuppie 
<laughs> right? Jesus was the man. In, my, in, in every way, he was the man. So um, it's that compromise creeps in, in all parts of our life, man. You know, uh, when I attended Sunday here a couple weeks ago, um, you guys were still in Florida, you and your family. Um, you know, I got to experience a lot what you mentioned. One of the things God gave me towards the end of the service, and I, you know, I jotted it down here on my uh, my phone, and um, I, I just thought about you know a lot of churches that I've visited, where you see just a, a passivity in worship, right? And you see that. Well, the Bible says that, you know, if if the heart ain't in it, then then just just stop, right? Because even back in the day, you know, guys like, and I say back in the day. Um, you, you find the scripture reference in the Old Testament, but also again in the New, uh, when it says, you're, with your lips, you praise me, but your hearts are far from me. If your heart's not in it, God doesn't want it, right? Because love is the point of all of it. And we, you know, we talk sure. about heart-driven, all stuff. Yeah. love is the point. Sure. I think when you, when you miss that and you think that it's just some system or you think it's just God's just a sovereign God up there, love must, well, well love must be chosen. And when you worship, right, you're sure. choosing sure. to love him. And, and so when, when, you, when you worship, passively though right it opens up a door for the enemy right to, to have aggressive plans against you and you think about that because if you are man i love what you said about jesus because jesus was all about disingenuousness forget it right that was right. like sure that's why he did it different every time sure and, if, and caleb i was riding the, the you know my, my family owns one of those little you know um buggy things you know popular these days little off-road vehicle that you can ride, you know, three or four, you know, people on. And we were riding once a day, and um, I was out in the fields riding. The normal, we have trails that we ride in the back behind my parents' house, you know, and you've been there with me a few mm -hmm. times. And um, today, I was riding, and I was kind of getting bored because I, I rode those same trails a few times. Mm -hmm. And I said, you know what, let's blaze the path a little bit differently today. Mm -hmm. So we took some other trails, and one of my sons was like, we've never been this way before, Daddy. <laughs> they kind of lit up, right, got excited. Right. Sure. Uh, maybe that's what it's all about, you know, guys saying, man, just have fun. Mm -hmm. Do it different. You know, I, I told you I had a hard time in, in churches I've preached, you know, that, that do more than one service on a Sunday. I've had a hard time preaching the same message twice. I really do. You know, and I, I don't know if I've ever actually done that. I kind of just, you know, it's, it's yeah, this is what you get. Depends on what time you show up. Here's what you're getting. Mm -hmm. And um, it's, it's man, I, I just, we want to encourage, you know, all the men out there to live, you know, just genuine lives in Christ, man, to love with passion, you know, to, to worship him, right, with the aggressiveness, man. You know, the Bible says the kingdom of heaven advances violently, and I believe so much that happens through our worship, you know, and the way we, the Bible also says that, you said something earlier about it, not, don't let the sun go down in your anger. I always thought that meant, and maybe it does in a sense, I always looked at it as if you're, if you're going to fight with somebody, make sure you wrap it up, you know, you, you make amends with the wife before you, you know, the doghouse happens, but 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 even when you study that scripture and my and my take on it, what I what I realized that scripture was really saying was, don't let the sun go down. Don't let a day end where the righteous anger inside of you didn't drive you to do something. And that's really more what that scripture is trying to say when you study. Thank you so much for listening to our Firestarters podcast today. Stay tuned for the second part of this to be released soon as episode two B of our podcast. And as always, you guys can stay in touch with us online through Facebook, through our website, or through email. Our domain name is wearefirestarters.com, and we'd love to hear back from you on what things you would like to see us discuss, or any questions you guys have from the things we did discuss. Love you guys, and see you next time.